now you caged in This is what boys turn to made men This ain't no game, ain't no playpen Come with the hook and the kick, now your stomach is sick and there ain't no escaping Come to the cage and get knocked out Come into work and get clocked out Get hit with uppercut, straight to the uppercut Down for the count and he can't even talk now This MMA, what we talking about? Yeah, you tuned into the pod now Gonna be hard for you to stop now Yeah, we caged in Welcome back to another episode of Caged In. I'm your host, Chris DiCarlo. On this episode, I got Charles Energy Johnson, LFA champion, multi-time champion. This guy is an absolute stud. Can't wait to see him make it to the UFC. He's coming on to talk to us kind of about his start in MMA, his love for track and field growing up. Um, his LFA career, training over in Thailand at Tiger Muay Thai, a lot of crazy stories going on about that. And, you know, just kind of getting the full picture of who Energy is. He's the man of many nicknames, talented fighter. Can't wait to see what happens in the future with him. So make sure you guys stay tuned for the entire interview. It's a good one. Without further ado, Charles Johnson. All right, man. I'm here with Charles Energy Johnson, LFA champion. How are we doing today, Charles? Doing good, baby. Doing good. How you doing? Not too bad, man. Another day, you know, can't complain. Yeah. <laughs> All right, brother. So you're 31 years old, flyweight champion over there at LFA, sitting at 11 and two. Uh, I want to get into like your fight career and all that stuff, but first I will kind of want to go back to the beginning, kind of figure out what got you started in the sport, like what kind of built your passion for it and all that stuff, man. So how did you get into the gym? What started your MMA journey? Um. It just kind of happenstance. Um, I was a all all sport athlete in high school. I did cross country, track, wrestling, and football my senior year. Um, before that, I would just split. Like my sophomore and junior year, I split cross country season with swimming to work on my cardio and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't a good swimmer, but I did it for the workout purposes, and I would run my mileage. But I was an all state cross country runner. Every year, except for I made the state every year in cross country as yeah. freshman and senior year. So, um, and I was all state my junior and senior year. Um, but yeah, man, uh, basically, uh, I was an all state wrestler in high school as well. Um, and I ran track most of my life. And mm-hmm. so, wrestling was the sport that, um, that was new to me that I started the summer before I got to high school. Right. And uh, I wanted to box, but my parents didn't put me in boxing. They didn't want mm-hmm. me to get hit in the head. So um, Fair they, put me, they put me in wrestling. We had a little leagues program mm-hmm. run by the high school coaches that I was going to be going to um, at the high school. So um, I started wrestling my eighth grade year the summer before I went to high school. And then so when I got into high school, it was like basically I didn't have to do all the introductory things. You right. Know? I ended up getting on varsity midway through the season and just like, so my wrestling journey was just um, a beautiful thing. By the time I was a senior, I became an all-state wrestler as well. I went to state every year in wrestling except for my freshman year. boy. And so like, you know, wrestling was and cross country and track was my groundwork. Right. And then mm-hmm. um, I, when I graduated high school, I decided to go to school for cross country and track and field. Cause it's what I've been doing most of my life. Right. And, um, it's what I thought I was going to make it to the Olympics in. And uh, I was an AAU All-American multi-times over and a uh, national champion. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to stick with track, you know. Um, but I probably could have fielded 
went to like JUCO and worked my way up to D1 wrestling for sure. Um, but I decided to run cross country. So I was home for a summer and one of my friends who I wrestled with in high school had been fighting mm-hmm. and he was about 20 something, almost 30 amateur fights in. He ended up fighting almost like 50 amateur fights, I believe. But um, he, uh, you know, he was pretty good, you know, and he was fighting for a title in Kansas City with a promotion called Blue Corner run by Ben Noguera and um, a good guy, you know, and uh, I was like, man, I need somebody to train with, you know. Um, I was like, and and at the time, you know, he's like my brother, you know, so like, he's not sure. my family, but he's like my brother. So yeah, like, I see. Yeah, so I, I go to his, he, he don't stay far from me. I go to his mom's house with him, you know, he got mats down there. He got bag, couple bags, you know, and stuff for me to watch MMA. Like I never done it. I was like, I wasn't really into MMA, but I was like, I'll give you a wrestling body. Right, for sure. We start rolling around and everything. And after about a week, you know, he was showing me a couple of things because I had to like give him a good look, you know, for grappling jujitsu and stuff. And he'll do a little jujitsu thing. I'm like, what is that, bro? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, we went out to the park a couple of times in this two week. Um, and within those eight, that eight days. And, um, and then after like the ninth or 10th day, he was like, bro, you want to fight on the same car with me? Like, guy one of the guys fell out and uh, so it's a 135 fight though and the guy's like ranked number seventh in uh seven in um kansas city but it, it that don't really matter bro he only three and no he only got three fights it's okay. yeah and it was amateur i was like i mean i don't know let me think about it let me talk to my pops you know what i'm saying right. my, my pops was my coach my whole life you mm-hmm. know track so you know long story short I ended up taking a fight, riding with him out to Kansas. He was fighting for an amateur belt, and I was fighting. I ended up fighting, like, fairly early in the card. And yeah, yeah. It was my first experience in MMA. I got dog shit tired. I took the guy down every round, <laughs> round and pound. My arms was dog shit tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Round. So, like, second, third round, it was nothing on my punches, but I was just kept, kept taking them down. Yeah, it's one of those points. Yeah, he was like a stand-up fighter, so I just kept taking him down because he hit me one good time in the first round. I was like, nope. <laughs> yeah. No and way, we ain't doing that. At that time, I didn't know how to throw my left hand, so I was throwing the right punch, spinning to get back around and taking a shot. <laughs> you know, like, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing on my right. feet. So, uh, yeah, it's a little different than getting in fights, you know, in school, in the street, you know? Exactly, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was my first experience, and, yeah. I, you know, like, being a cross country and a, a a pretty good cardio athlete, even at that time, it was just like I was known around for like CJ just keep going, he just keep going. Like mm-hmm. so, for me to get as tired as I got in that fight, it kind of hooked me. Yeah, like, it's more of like a challenge, you know. What I mean, something yeah. you're not really used to. So you're like, damn, what is this? Why? Yeah, like, I catching me like that. Never got in that tired in anything I've ever done, you know. And then it hooked me, and it was more so arm tired. And lungs yeah. too, like you going all out, but like I was like, it just hooked me in. So then, like I was like, I want to try to do this a lot more. So, um, long story short, I you know stayed in St. Louis for a little while longer, um, because I had some things happen with school and ended up being in St. Louis longer than that and got a job. And by the time I got back into school after a year had went by, and um, I was like thirteen and zero in amateur fighting. Yeah, and, that's crazy. And, uh, but I got back into school, so then I couldn't fight anymore. So then it was just on and off in between breaks. 
right. of me taking fights when I wasn't even training for fights, you know, <laughs> and crazy. basically doing a lot of leg work on my own. Mm-hmm. And I was just learning in amateur fights. Like people didn't know I didn't train at a gym until, you know, I was able to come home and I would train with him on the weekends at a uh, jujitsu school called uh, St. Charles in May, which ended up being my main gym when I went pro. Nice. All right. 2013 14 ish yeah man i know you go by the name energy kind of what so like how'd you get that nickname like what's the what's the story behind that um that energy is the only nickname that hasn't been given that wasn't given to me that i made for myself yeah um, it was just um i'm just a very like i think about a lot of shit you know what i'm saying i'm very creative sure. too so like I was like, man, I want something. I want a nickname. Like, I don't like corny ass nicknames. Yeah. Like, like people like, have corny ass names. And I like, I yeah, you, hear, you hear a lot of the same ones over and over again. Yeah, I said, I want, I want my shit to mean something, you know. And um, and so I was just, you know, I was like, what's something that represents me? Like, what's me? Like, mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I don't get tired. I got energy for days. And I was like, but like. I, when I fight, man, I want people to see me. Like, that's the best reflection of me as a person, as a human. For sure. You know what I'm saying? So, like, energy, what comes out when you fight, that's your energy, that's your G. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Whatever that stands for, whatever it means for you, sure. you know what I'm saying? But that, I was like, all right, that's what it is, so. I feel that. It took a little bit of time. Like, I ain't have a nickname most of my amateur career. Like, yeah, and now you got, like, 50 of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like people gave me nicknames all along. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like Bruce Leroy and shit like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just be like chilling, bro. Like uh what's his name? The, the announcer at the the announcer for LFA rips off like thirty of them before you before you fight Mike, every time. Nah, yeah. Yeah, Mike Kendall. <laughs> but like them all nicknames that have been given to me either by coaches, friends, or like people have said when I've had fights or you know, so it's just like those are actual nicknames that people gave me. So it's like, it's actually like, like, yeah, for sure. It's organic. It ain't like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. No, the way that he, the way that he reads them off too, is like, it's yeah. hype, dude. Like when I was watching yeah. that, your last event, I was like getting pumped, dude. Cause you just kept rolling them off and then hit the crescendo <laughs> with the Charles energy Johnson at the end. And I was like, man, yeah. that's yeah. fire. <laughs> yeah. Best nickname in the business, you hear me? So hey. I don't know. I don't know what Bruce Buffer Buffer gonna be able to. I know he loved doing that type of shit, but I don't know if the UFC gonna give him the time for that. Yeah, <laughs> when they give you your gotta, when they give you your fighter card, you just gotta write them all down and see yeah, what see what he spits out. Of, uh, TV slot, I'm gonna get. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> for sure, I don't, hopefully they do their homework on me, you know, a little bit. So you know, we'll yeah, see. dude, I love that. So uh, where do you train at currently? Like, I know you have a couple gyms that you're affiliated with. Kind of what's, um, what's, what are the gyms that you're affiliated with right now? Uh, right now I'm training in Michigan at Mercy Lago MMA. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been able to go back out to Tiger Muay Thai. It's been almost a year and a half now uh, since I've been back home. But I've been working, man. I've been training. I've been fighting. I mean, hell yeah. I know you yeah. stay pretty active too, so yeah, I, I like being as active as possible. And it was just pretty hard to get fights while I was in Thailand. So, um, Tiger Muay Thai is definitely um, my second home. But we wait until we get in the UFC. We make a little bit of money because it's 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 tough trying to do that being uh, Thailand because it's no money to make out there if I'm not in the UFC. And then I'm just like trying to make ends meet while training. You know, working my ass off. You know, so I told myself I wasn't going back out there until I was in a, a 
much better position financially. So gotcha. and also once I was in the UFC because, you know, it just makes things a lot easier when you're walking through certain places and people know who you are. They know who I am. Like I yeah. got to go to with everybody, but just like sure. it just makes things a lot more manageable. Yeah, um, makes sense, man. I know your story with Tiger uh, Muay Thai is also pretty interesting, too. There was some kind of like uh, what's it called, like a scholarship thing that you kind of won there and that kind of extended your time out in Thailand. What's the story with you and Tiger Muay Thai? Kind of how did that relationship build? Yeah, in 2019, I did their tryouts at the time. Um, George Hickman was the head coach. Him and his brother, uh, Frank Hickman, ran MMA and Alex Shields. Um, that, that trio, Alex was like over BJJ. George and Frank were over the MMA mostly, but Alex fought too. So, like, you know, you got a, a group of guys that also done the tryouts at 2014, I believe. Right. And so, like they they have been a part of Tiger for a while, so um, they have great relationships. They have uh, just they know how things run in and out. Um, so I filled out the application to do their tryouts. I had seen them online, just like everybody else, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And and I, at the time I was preparing, um, I was in a relationship, and we were preparing to actually move to California. Right. And then so when I got the the email back that I got accepted for the tryout. Um, it was kind of like a no-brainer that I was going to take that. And sure. so um, that kind of like broke off some things with my past relationship. And I had to make a decision, you know, uh, a, a, a business decision for, you know, because um, for me, like my career comes first. Definitely. Uh, and my relationship was very important to me. But, you know, you get strains in a relationship when you don't have things going correctly for yourself, you know. Yeah, definitely kind of it was like a selfish thing sometimes you know so i took that and um as a sign you know go out here and i had um, a lot a lot of my professional career i had given so much of myself to a lot of other people like i mm-hmm. coached high school wrestling for five years yeah. while i was training yeah. while i was fighting i was teaching i was a ta i was working these jobs that allowed me to still train and not really making much money right. and so it was tough you know, so I was like, man, this is something that I can take full advantage of fighting. I can go out here and only focus on fighting, train full time. They're going to give me a meal plan and they'll give me like uh, they have like housing, like dorms and um, yeah, like, yeah. the hotel rooms. But that's kind of like it's your it's like a dorm room. for right, you, right. You know? And um, so um, but you got to win. You got to earn the sponsorship. Oh, sure. You know, so you. Go out there, you do the tryout, you hope you get picked for the sponsorship. And luckily, I was one of the four people who got the MMA sponsorship. Um, and so uh, that was 2019, and it's a one-year uh, sponsorship. That What was great about this one, though, is they allowed us to have a one-year student visa mm. with the school. So you can have a student visa in Thailand for learning Muay Thai or right. Muay Thai. So you get the student visa through um, Tiger Muay Thai. They offered that with the sponsorship nice. um, for me to learn Muay Thai, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so it was just a great situation for me. I was out there for a year before COVID popped off, you know, late. Yeah, I was going to say kind of what happened with you out there with, during COVID and everything, too. That must have been tricky. It, 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 I ain't going to lie. This shit sucked, bro. Yeah. Um, I Because everybody... Thailand, um, the people take care of the people and it depends a lot on tourism, you know, right. so when COVID popped off, a lot of people, when everything got shut down, everybody went home. So, so like, 
it was empty. Places that look like uh, Times Square, like on Bangalore Road. Like, I got a couple of videos. Like, mm-hmm. the first time I went, it's like everywhere you go, you bump it into people. We're doing COVID. Nobody. That's crazy, like, right? It's it's mind blowing. Um, but um, yeah, uh, COVID time. It was it was difficult, you know. Once everything got shut down for a few months there, because um, also Tiger Muay Thai wasn't making any money, they wasn't yeah. getting any tourists in, they weren't getting many people there to pay. So it was it was difficult for the gym, it was difficult for the athletes, it was difficult for the coaches, yeah, it was man, for the fighters, um, and the tourists to who just want who some people got stuck there, some people didn't, you know. Sure. Um, it was a really hard time, and I just had to find ways to train. Yeah. And, uh, find things to do because the gym would be closed because um thailand said that we couldn't the gym couldn't be open mm-hmm. so they closed the gyms like it wasn't even Thailand's yeah. choice they didn't have a choice because if they open and we're training then they're something bad to happen. yeah exactly they're like breaking the rules and stuff so yeah and it's the law oh. they're different you know right. um and so it was a difficult time but we had to make i had to make things work for myself you know for sure. I would meet up with a couple friends and just do different things. But a lot of a lot of the days, man, I would just do my own thing, like go run and shadow box, find a bag to hit. Um, you know, I, I, and that was for months. I went out to AKA um, when things opened up just a little bit, and I was able to do a couple of private sessions with uh, Manel Cop nice. uh, and uh, Mike Swick. I went in her spa with him a couple of times. This was right before he got pulled up to the UFC. He got put for the fill-in fight yeah yeah so I, I hadn't been training for like two months with anyone like i just been doing my own thing i was like barely out of like as out of shape as i i would be you know right, right, right. not getting rounds with anybody but i did fairly well for myself and um so it, it's just kind of like you got to make ends meet exactly you know? man. you got you got to take a negative situation and turn it as yeah, best you can and make it make what you can out of it you know yeah so i just i just kept working man i found a way to keep working during that time and eventually i was like man you know i gotta get back home and uh get some things rolling because i'm not like i'm not making any money out here i'm not able to train right now and uh it's just difficult living right now and so because before that i before covid popped off i took muay thai fights and made some money with muay thai fights sure. um, took a boxing match you know so like i was able to make money here and there travel to cambodia malaysia you know, and, and get some great experiences. Yeah, that's and crazy. Then so, so, um, yeah, like it was hard for anybody, but the main thing I would always think, you know, was what better place to be during COVID than on the tropical island, beautiful island, <laughs> where it's yeah, like man. no worries, you training, mm-hmm. you know, um, Tiger still allowed me to stay in my my um my room. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have anything to worry about with that. I just had to figure out who, you know, really, right, you know. So um, everything else was extra. Like I had a bike and I knew a couple of local people and it you know, allowed me to have a bike. When I get the money, I pay them, you know, yeah, like, for sure. you know, it was just, you know, you make good relationships, good people take care of you, you know, definitely. So definitely. That's yeah. what it was. I was, I would, I took the time to get to know a few more of the local people and just, you know, make my way around, you know, for sure. so it was, ended up being a great experience for me. Um, I have no, no bad feelings about anything that happened with. Yeah, my definitely. Trip. 
my time there. And then, it sounds like a very like growing experience for you too, and just like having to deal with some not like something that the world's never even dealt with, and then you having to deal with it in a foreign country to you as well. It's just a lot to take in, and then a lot for you to kind of um, adapt and move forward from. So it was, it good was on one, good on you for doing it, man. That's crazy. Yeah, it was one moment where I broke down in tears. I had to go and do. Um, I had to do a visa run and basically what a visa run is, you know, you get on the bus shuttle or whatever for the day and you go, you got to go over the border, check in, get your passport stamp, come back in. Right. right? Cause I had been there past due. And if I get pulled, stopped by any of police in Bouquet, then they was going to lock me up or something. Cause I'm past doing all my things on my paperwork. So I had to do a visa run. But when I got to the checkpoint, like nobody speak English or right. nothing. I didn't know how to get from one place to the next place. And everybody just kind of like disappeared or got on the bus or did. And I was just like walking, bro. And I just like kind of like I didn't have no cell phone service. I didn't have nothing. Yeah. I just stopped, broke down in tears, bro. I didn't know what to like because yeah. it was just it was very it was the first time I was super overwhelmed because hey, most, I don't blame you, bro. That's a lot. No time in Phuket, like most people understand English or they have things in English or mm-hmm. it's very touristy, right? Yeah, yeah. So sure. I got out of that, you know, it's just kind of like like I know a little, but I don't know enough to, you know exactly. what I'm saying? Yeah, so, to navigate and get around like that. Man, like that was the first moment, like one of the scariest moments for me, but like one of the biggest moments that like hit me, like man, I'm really out here alone, right? You know, no one to help me really. And then so like I figured it out. I got to where I needed to get to um, after I had my moment or whatever. But hey, yeah. Um, yeah, so towards um, 2000 into 2020, October 29th, I came back to the u.s and um I, I was able to get enough money raise some money um and my my coach who from st charles in may um i call him my uncle you know he's been in my yeah. corner for almost every professional fight oh um, he had a lot of fly fly miles so he was able to help me out with getting back home and everything and go. so um as soon as i got home i got the ball rolling october 29 2020 and uh, i scheduled a fight for january february ish with lfa was that your first fight with LFA post Tiger? Yeah, and that was my fight against Carly Pangilinan, Pangilinan, um, Pac-Man or whatever. And uh, I, I think that was in the January. And so um, the beginning of January, end of December, beginning of January, I went out to Abu Dhabi with Joaquin Buckley. Um, he fought Alessio, Alessio de Chirco. Yep. Um, I cornered him for that fight. Uh, I knew Joaquin from St. Louis. We both grew up in St. Louis. He had been right. in St. Charles enough. And, um, like, you know, we always had good camaraderie, good. Like, we weren't that close before that. Right. You know, it was still cool, you know, like, we come from the same, you know, you know. Definitely, yeah, from the same city. He reached out to me. I was like, I had been talking to him anyway. I had, When I was in St. Louis, when I got back home on October 29th, I trained with him. I, I met up with him. I was working out with him going to strength and conditioning with him. And he was like, hey, bro, you want to corner me out of Abu Dhabi? You know, because I had a passport. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. very few people had a passport. So, it just Yeah, kinda, he was going out to Fight Island. Yeah, and yeah. I kind of already already knew how to, I, I already knew a lot of that, you know, like, Definitely. that. So, it was like, yeah, bro, cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, I cornered him there, and uh, it was funny. We was on the island. He was like, Damn, bro, you know more people than me because a lot of the fighters were walking up to me because I seen them through Tiger, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you already been out over that way. Teammates like Coach George was out there with mm-hmm. uh, my Joseph Henley, Khalil Roundtree had a fight. 
that's like that was like my brother in Thailand. Hell yeah, big bro. Like I would go out, go go to his house, hang out with him, talk to him, ask him sure. questions, pick his brain. So just a lot of people, different people. Um, yeah, a lot of guys with a lot of experience. It sounds like. Yeah, just met like seen a lot of people that I had seen or rubbed elbows with through in life um, sure. up until that point. So like it was pretty funny, um, but uh, it just felt like home, you know. And Definitely. then right when I got back from Abu Dhabi though, and in January I got COVID, so I fought in February. I had to fight in February, but right when we got back, I think it was middle January, like around mm-hmm. January twelfth actually, I got COVID, and then I was just out for like a week. Yeah, that's tough. You know, but I didn't lose my taste or smell or anything, but I just, like, I had a headache. Yeah, I still, yeah. tra- still trained until I was like, damn, I, I got it. I, I went and got tested. I yeah, got yeah. it after three days. But after I had that banging headache, it was like mm-hmm. a Friday. We had sparring. I was like, man, I felt better after sparring. Is it? <laughs> and then, you know, I went on that Saturday morning and I found out I had it. So then I just laid my ass down for three days, rested. I still had yeah. to fight. I still knew I had to fight. So then... Like I was just like, all right, I just got to rest. I still got like three, four weeks before um, my fight, you know. So I just rested, and then, but it really messed up my whole camp. You yeah, know? It throws a and, wrench into everything. Yeah, and then so, you know, it was just a roller coaster ride that whole camp. You know, with it being my first fight back, me getting COVID, and then all the travel issues I had leading into getting to the fight. Like my my flight got canceled, then I got rebooked. Flight got pushed back. I missed weigh-ins. I weighed in late. Mm. All my weight, all my weigh-in stuff got sent on a different flight. Jesus. So I couldn't cut weight with anything. I cut weight in the t- in um sheets in the bathroom. You know what I'm Jesus. saying? Like everything that could have went wrong went wrong for yeah. that fight. And I still went out there and performed really well. Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like after that, I was like, man, ain't nobody fucking stopping me. <laughs> for sure. After that one, man, when you yeah. did it, did that like your worst at that point. Man, everything, yeah. it's all, it's all. Everything funny. that could go wrong went wrong. With exactly. And yeah. I'm just like. From here on <laughs> out, man, it's like, hey, I, if I if I could do that, you just wait and yeah. see what happens when I get so it's like, everything if, correct. If something don't go wrong, it ain't right. That's what I, that's what I'm saying now with me and my coach. Yeah. Like, if something don't go wrong, it <laughs> ain't all, right. It's always something, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, we've yeah, been bro. going each fight now, like, expecting something to go wrong because we already done went through a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? And that was oh, me sure. and Coach. That was me and Coach Joaquin Marcialago's first fight together. And yeah, so, right. like, it built a lot of camaraderie, not only with us, you know, him cornering me, everything, but everything that happened leading up to that fight me with me training in michigan because when i got back from abu dhabi i came out to michigan um to live with my teammate um michael gilmore who's in the ufc right now he just oh, yeah. and yep. he um while well, i met him in abu dhabi cornering joaquin and he said i could stay with him you know it's like come train out here we got a guy at your weight mondo gutierrez be a great training partner i was like all right i just need one partner really i just need one person that's dedicated just like me to get to so, where i'm trying to get to Yep. And so came out here and um yeah man long story short man like here we are a year later and everything that you know we spoke into fruition has happened you know what yeah, I'm saying? So we we really excited about everything that's happening it's definitely got some party. great crazy momentum going right now too bro you're on that four fight win streak you know defending the lfa title uh one of the only guys i think maybe the only guy to defend a lfa title as many times as you have how does that make you feel to kind of have Third person to defend twice. I can't remember who the other two guy was. They said, yeah, yeah. They said it on the broadcast, but um, 
You know, I think it's it's a. How does it make a, you feel to be in that category, though? It's it's um it's like double edged sword because it's like, for one, I feel like I didn't it wasn't needed for me to do that, and I didn't deserve to have to do that that many times. True, but also. I own everything that I do and I'm I'm proud of myself because I told I, I put it in my mind that you know I was like if, if they're not gonna call me up, if they're not paying attention to me, I'm gonna make them pay attention to me and I'm gonna be the most dominant person I can be with what I'm doing right now. And so okay. and with and so with that, I was just like, shit, if they ain't gonna sign me, I'm not gonna wait. I'm not gonna keep waiting, keep waiting, keep waiting. Yeah, man, you gotta stay active. I'm going to stay after it. I'm going to do exactly what the fuck I said I'm going to do. I'm going to keep that pressure on, stay at their neck, and make them sign me. Yeah, I mean, dude, you keep you keep winning, you keep dominating fights, man, especially with an organization like LFA where it's not like you're fighting for some regional promotion or anything. Like you're fighting for a, a solid-ass promotion. And the momentum that you're building, the fights that you're winning, the streaks that you're putting together, I mean, your time's coming. If it's not today, it's tomorrow. You know what I mean? So I have nothing but... Um, respect and admiration for the things you've gone through where you've gotten yourself to now and i can only imagine where you're gonna go once you get that call because i know it's coming bro definitely coming yeah. uh, i really appreciate that man and uh it's like it's like when you do the most with the bare minimum i can't wait to see what i do when i get more that that's more access to more things like health healthcare, the ufc performance institute that exactly. i just got a nutritionist for this last fight and it paid dividends and so, like, I was able to financially take care of that, you know, and then it's like get things better. And each 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 fight, I work on something. Each fight, I'm building my brand. Each fight, I got something new fucking coming, you know. Yeah. And I'm just excited. I'm excited for myself because I've actually put a lot of time and effort into, you know, not only building myself as a genuine person, but putting out the best, like people can see me, you know. Definitely. Definitely. And, and what you see is real. And I think that's why people can, um, when I fight, people are really attracted to it because I not only, I'm not a perfect fighter, but I fight people excited when they Oh, fight. dude, yeah. I was going to say, you turn people, the tape on, bro. You ain't you ain't seeing a boring fight. That's for sure. Yeah, I've, like, I've never had a boring fight, and I know that. But now I get to, like, be myself, you know? And then that right there is, like, the biggest thing. It's like, when you can go in there, be yourself, have, like, oh, no fight is fucking fun, but if you find a way to have some fun, you find a way to make it, like, you feeling that shit, like, that's what, for me, that's what fighting is. For me, it's just, like, the best part of this shit is going in there and being able to authentically show myself. Yeah, I mean, it looks like you're having a lot of fun when you're in there, bro, because you're one of, like, the flashiest guys in the promotion, you know, you're always doing something crazy, and it's all, yeah. like, I'm, whenever I see your name on the marquee lineup, I'm like, I'm tuning in. I got to see it because I know this, you're putting on a show, you know? And that's what I'm, and like people that I don't even know, like when they watch my fights for the first time, like they become fans. And the people who hate on me, who want to talk shit, who be my my opponent's fans, I always tell them, you're going to be a fan after this fight. Yeah, you for know? sure. That's cool. You can you can ride with your boy and you can have love for him. But after this fight, you're going to have love for me too because you ain't got no choice. Especially after that last fight versus Carlos Moda. That shit right there, like if if because it's an LFA fight, so you got some good fans watching. But if we're looking at the entire year's landscape and people are putting together fights of the year, 
like that's an early candidate that should be in that list because it's in the beginning of the year. And then once I saw it, I go, I don't even know what's going to happen for the rest of the year, but I know this fight is going to be mentioned in one of the best fights of the year because that sh- shit was crazy, man. Five rounds, just absolute dog fight. I wish, I wish, I know it, it's going to be hard to get it because it's LFA, you yeah, know, yeah. but, um, yeah, what's what's great and what's beautiful is you know UFC Fight Pass and the UFC have just again this past month they put it up again. It was like your January, just like three days ago they put it up like your January fight of the month, and they put it up again. They put yeah. it up after the fight at the end of January, and then they put it up again at the end of February. So uh, obviously it ain't been shit that happened in February. So hopefully you keep that chain rolling. <laughs> I think this weekend's fights are going to be great, though. I think um, we're going to legit see a good little fight. But, you know, I'm just ready to get in there in, in the UFC because all them, all them guys, man, I got respect for them, but they so corny, man. It's just like... <laughs> we need some like, flavor in there, man. Even, like, Masvidal and um, Kobe is just like... Yeah, we're sick of that came, by now. I, I'm just like, it's, just, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, look, like, look, kids yapping at each other. It's like, mm-hmm. just... It's um, it's not for me. It's not entertaining for me. I'm just ready to like stop watching the press conferences and shit, like, cause they don't respect each other, and I don't feel like it's a great interpretation of like shit talking or a great interpretation <laughs> of mixed martial arts. You know? Yeah, so, I feel well, that man. <laughs> People just try to talk to build the build the hype and get their money, and it's kind of been like, like the new theme now, which is kind of just getting tired at this point. But like, it, you know, it's. It's it's cool when it if it's not dumbing everybody down. Everything about it just seems like it's kind of dumbing. It's like even with when Connor used to talk shit, he used to inform people or something, or like even like it's entertaining. But it's also like it's a different vibrato, it's a different energy, and you like either you step to it or you don't, and you can mm-hmm. get you can actually see another character and another fighter. Like you can see like more of a fighter come out a lot of times when they fight Connor when he was doing it because. A lot of times they wouldn't go there, but like now we get to see the character of another fighter, and I think that's cool too. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'll show y'all. It teaches. It's teaching the athlete and the fighter. Like, if anything you can take and learn from Connor, if you don't agree with anything, is you can learn how to talk shit, learn how to like showcase yourself, and you don't have to do it to the manner that he did, but you can learn how to um just learn how to sell yourself, like learn how to. Be, be an entertainer. Yeah, I think a lot of these guys think they're doing that. They're trying to follow like the Connor game. No, but they're not they're doing it correctly and it just comes yeah. off corny. So, corny, boring, yeah. or like just cheesy. And it's just like And we can tell it's a show too, you know what I mean? Like we know, like we we've seen you fight before and now you want to do this. So it's just kind of like, all right, man, we see where it is now. You can tell I always tell my teammates, you know, you'd be like, you tell that motherfucker never been to a cookout because they don't know how to talk shit. Yeah. <laughs> Like they they shell up, but they just you know, uh, like, yeah. like shell up so fast and yeah, yeah. Mind, you know. So it's just and they don't know how to be themselves. They end up falling in, in mirroring whoever they're talking to. You see exactly. it a lot. They end up yeah. mirroring that person or just repeating them. And like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we ta- yeah, we were talking about your journey to the UFC. Um, I know you were trying really hard to get on that looking for a fight card. You're trying to find an opponent for that card in front of Dana White. Um, that was over in I think it was what Kansas City. Um, yeah. What was kind of like your process? Because I know it was so close after your last fight that that card was kind of happening. Uh, what kind of avenues were you going through trying to get on that card to try and get a fight in front of the boss man? Just messaging my manager um, every morning, every day, twice, two, three times a day, 
sending him different fighters, undefeated guys, whoever. I was yep. like, I'm fuck, if they not in the UFC, I'll fight them. I sent out some names. I was like, man, let's make it happen. You know, like, I just need to get in front of them. And the guys that end up fighting on that card, is like, um, I was, they're not bad fighters. Right. But it's like, you know how you feel like you deserve something, and you know you worked your ass off for it, and you just want the opportunity, and it just seems like the opportunity doesn't keep coming. And so, like, it was just really, that aspect of it was frustrating. But, you know, like, I just, I feel like the opportunity to be sponsored by the NILP, you know, yeah, fit, exactly. me perfect, fit me perfectly. Yeah. Um, I didn't have to be nothing but myself, and they would love me, you know what I'm saying? So, like, they just got to see me, you know what I'm saying? So, it is what it is, you know. Uh, I tried to get on there. I was healthy, healthy enough to fight. Healthy enough to go in there and fight. Yeah, rounds. you didn't. You didn't have any medicals or anything that would have popped. I, my hand was just a little sore, cut up from punching him. But like <laughs> yeah. my knuckles, but that's normal. And right. They was like kind of healed by the time I would have been able to fight. So, and just a little soreness and like my shin, you know, from kicks and stuff. But like that stuff, you don't really feel once you start fighting again. You all feel. Yeah, yeah. Your kick in, so for sure. I, you know, um, I think more more so than anything, I'm in a, pos- a very good position. I'm in a powerful position. Where I think I so just, too, man. I can just chill now. It, for me, it's hard to chill because I want to fight. I know. I, I was going to say, man, you're the type of guy that's always like active, fighting like three, four, yeah. five times a year if you could. So. I want to fight. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm healthy. I want to fight. I don't care about, like, my ultimate goal is getting to the belt. Yes. But as long as I'm not in the UFC, bro, I'm like, man, let's fucking get it, bro. Like, that's just how I feel. And yeah. whatever's going you, you know, whatever's going to get me there. But now, I this is why you got to have a good circle of people around you. You know what I'm saying? And you got to trust them. So I'm just listening to the people I placed around me now and being a little more patient than I normally would. Definitely. Uh, because I have to be. I've done everything I can. Yeah. Did you finish up your LFA contract now? Are you con- like consi- are you now considered a free agent? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Have you had any contract talks with any other promotions since, since you've kind of been out of contract? No, I've um, gotten a couple calls from the UFC, but they weren't for my weight class, so um, mm-hmm. we didn't. We fielded those offers. I thought long and hard about them, okay. <laughs> and uh, but I didn't take them. Uh, well, they cause... want you to go up or down. Up and um, how things are working right now, they're actually like would want me to stay there for a full contract, like four fight contract, which in that division, yeah, I, I in my opinion is bullshit. But Agreed. but it's also like a choice for you to make. Like if you come up, we want you to fight there. So it's like, but you know I'm a champion, but like, yeah, but like if you take this opportunity, you want you to fight. There. So it's like okay. All right, uh, that's just not for me right now. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. You're like, yeah, you get to the show, but it's kind of like, okay, well, I'm not doing what I do. So it's kind of like you're you're walking a fine line right there. I know I can fight at 35. I have a friend for 35. I'm just not 35 right now. Not. Like, when I fight at 35, I'm going to lift a little bit more and be a little bit stronger. And then I'm going to come with everything else I already got. You know, but I'm not fighting to be a 35. I'm I'm training, eating, living as a 25 right now. Because that's where I want to win the belt first. Definitely. And the time comes for 35, the time will come. You know, um, I'm not in any rush. 
Yeah, oppor- different opportunities will come when they come, you know? Yeah, and I'm not I'm not in any rush, and I'm not, I don't have my eyes on Peter Jan at all. Like, that's like a, for me, if anything, I can, I feel that can be like a really great training and teammate mm-hmm. for a while. You know, I don't have any aspiration of moving up unless he doesn't want to be champion. You know what I'm saying? I don't have any aspiration to be a 35. Like I said, my goal is he be a 125 world champion and then become the most dominant champion at that weight class. Yes, More sir. so than Mouse, you know, because I'm going to be finishing motherfuckers. And it's yeah. going to be hard. Like, I'm not going to put no knock on Mighty Mouse, but, like, it's going to be hard to do what he did in this age of MMA. Definitely. Especially when that division keeps developing as well. Like, even guys like you coming up now. So it's like... <laughs> the division itself right now, without me, has probably at least 10 champions of different organizations. Mm-hmm. And they keep saying that it's not strong and it's bullshit because if you look up and down the roster at 25, there's multiple champions there. Exactly. I'm, I'm not going to say 10, but it's multiple champions. Yeah, 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 I feel you. Like It's a lot of fucking champions because if you got to think, a lot of them guys are guys from the Ultimate Fighter Show who were champions before. Well, yeah, they did that whole season where they took all the guys that were champions and put them in the same so thing. A lot of the roster is still a bulk of those guys. Yep. And then you got other guys who came in who were champions on different promotions, some of them and other ones just high level, very high level guys. Definitely. And so it's just like, you know, when you look at 125, there's no room for error. You know, there's no room for error in any fight. Yeah. You know, do you, because, do you uh, have your eyes on, um, I know Dana West Contender Series, that kind of kicks off spring, summer, but that's a little bit of a ways away. Is that something that would interest you to to go on there fight fight for that uh spin off and kind of get your name out there and hopefully ink a contract because a lot of guys are pulling contracts from that show sometimes it's giving them out to everybody on the card that wins sometimes it's a majority of the guys that fight for there are pulling contracts yeah fuck that yeah like that yeah. not fucking with it like i think it's bullshit so i it, it's a great way to promote yourself but I don't deserve to have to go through that process, man. Like, I've done enough to this point. I've beaten mm-hmm. enough guys, and I've fought enough top prospects. For I, sure. You know, everybody who's, who's won the belt at my weight class and my promotion is going on to the UFC. So um, I'm just going to let things ride. I'm going to yep. be paid. You know, and I'm not – I shouldn't have to go through contender series. If I do, it's going to be my choice. Definitely, as it should be. Everything – it's your career – you know what I mean? It's your mind, your body, your soul. You know, everything that you do is on you. So I wouldn't be making any any decisions that aren't, that aren't based around you and what you want. So that makes total sense to me. Yeah, it's March now. I don't think that kicks off until late June, maybe July. So we'll see. Um, but I should be, I'm, I'll probably end up filling in for a late notice fight way before that. So Are you staying ready for something like that? That's something I was going to ask you as well. There's a lot of guys that they just give a short notice fight. You know, I know a couple of them myself from my area that have gotten, gotten their shot. Um, so is that something that you're staying ready for as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, always, like, I'm back to training full-time now. And so it's just about, you know, just staying ready. It's obviously not a fight camp, so it's a little different. Right. And you can't fight like you're in a fight camp for months hoping you stay ready. You exactly, know, that, yeah. it, it sucks. Honestly, um, but it is what it is. It's what you got to do. And so you just got to be one with that and control what you can, you know, and just keep stay healthy. So right now we're just going to keep keep training, keep doing our thing, you know, yeah. and, 
I just keep myself busy with other things, man. Like when I'm not training, I don't, I don't get too frustrated. <laughs> you know, it's easy to get frustrated, man. Like Definitely. it's easy. As, as a fighter who loves to fight and you're not getting what you feel like you deserve or, or the uh, things move slow. So. Definitely, definitely. Hey, man, well, I appreciate you joining me. I'm going to let you get out of here. I know you got training to get sparring to get to in a little bit. Uh, one final question for you. I know I read, I came across your bio, man. You're two-time national champion in steeplechase. Is that correct? Uh, Actually, I'm two-time national champion in the 3,000-meter run. I was a two-time runner-up in the steeplechase. Okay, can you explain to me what the hell steeplechase is? So, basically, it's like a buff-ass hurdle that you got to jump over. You know what yeah. hurdles? Oh, yeah, of course, of course. But it's this thick. <laughs> it's this thick. It's like a square block. It's about arm's length wide. Two, and it's like a horse. You know when a horse just go jump over the thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Same thing. Um, but right. it don't it don't move when you hit it. So, oh no! So, and think about doing that for seven and a half laps around the track. Yeah. And then, um, at the top of the curve, there's a water pit, so you got to jump off of it and jump deep enough because the water pit is at an incline, so it's like this. All oh, this yeah. Is, this is yeah, the yeah. water. Pit. So the deeper you land, if this is the hurdle, the deeper you land, the deeper you are in the water pit. The further right. you you land. The less water you get, like in yeah. your shoes, still exactly. running. But you want to clear, you want to clear it as far as you can. Yeah, get so less you, water. You think, so it's a it's an art to you know when you go over the steeple, you don't want to go up. You want to go that way. Sure. So when you push off the horse, you got to make sure you pushing off in the way, and you keep you want to make it look like you're still running. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. As you run over the horse, so it's an art to it, but it's it's a tough ass race. It's it's probably the toughest race in all of track because it take all heart, man. Like, and you build up that lactic acid fast. You 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 because it's um how many steeples? One, two, three, four, five. It's about five steeples, I think, around Shit. the track. Four or five, I can't yeah. remember. Um, but like one at the top of the curve one over here one here one here yeah, yeah so about four or five that's and a so, lot bro <laughs> yeah 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 so like you just got to make sure you know you you you're doing your mileage you're doing yeah. her practice yeah. it's, it's a process to it just like anything else of you know? course of course, yeah, like of course. Acid. if you get tired and you hit one of them things boy i didn't hear the barrel roll over one of them so <laughs> it ain't no fun bro I it doesn't sound hey i'm gonna i'll take your word for it bro it doesn't sound like a good time i don't know it doesn't sound like my type of my, my cup of tea fit, bro the first water fit the first time i ever ran a race it was it's two thousand meters so it's only five laps right. so when i was six i was 16 years old at the time and um I hit the water pit. I hit the the steeple, and I hadn't practiced going over the water pit yet. Yeah. I went straight up, and I landed so hard on my foot, and I like kind of stumbled, caught myself, kept running. But like my first jump, I jumped so high and far, like yeah. <laughs> I cleared, I, I cleared the damn pit except for the vast little bit where the track started meeting right. and go straight ahead. Like this last little bit, yeah. turn my ankle, kept running though. Like Jeez. it was, and then you had to jump like, more than. That was the first, the first one that I went over. It was like, man, <laughs> Dude, that sounds but crazy, I was bro. It's just like when I started fighting, though. I was hooked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was something new. It was something new. It was harder than anything I'd done in running. Like, I had ran a 15, 3,000 3, meter, the 1,500 meter, the 800. I did every event on the track. But, like, it was the first thing that, like, really made me tired again. I was right. like, hooked. And, like, I had to be the best at it. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, I feel you. 
I didn't I didn't come up in the track game, but like my my best my best friend, he's a track runner. And my pops was a track runner as well, so I got I got love and respect for for track runners, man. I know that shit's difficult as fuck, especially like I said when I came across this. I go first of all, what the hell is a steeplechase? Second of all, that sounds hard as hell. <laughs> yeah, track and field, man. It breeds all athletes. If you look at um the top athletes, like through time, most of them competed in track and field at some point in their sure. life. You know what I'm saying? It, it it breeds a different type of athlete for sure. So. Yeah, I got it's it's my first love for sure. Hell yeah, I can tell your your face kind of lights up a little bit when you talk about track like that, man. It's yeah. pretty cool. It's pretty cool. All right, Charles, I appreciate you, bro. Thanks for taking the time out to talk to me, man. It was a pleasure. Um, I'll be keeping my eyes out for you, bro. I know something's coming across the wire soon. I just can't wait for that for that a, a notification on my phone to tell me where you're gonna be at next, man. Yes, sir, man. I appreciate your time, man. Just be looking out. I keep you notified and. Keep up the the videos on my Instagram. <laughs> yeah, bro, I got you. I'm gonna post this. I'm gonna post some clips, and you know, we'll get the ball rolling a little bit. And uh, hey, man, I appreciate you. Hopefully, I'll get to talk to you again soon. You know, once we get some fight news, and and uh, we'll chop it up some more, some more another time. Most definitely. All right, brother, I appreciate you. All right, man. Later. All right, take it easy. All right, man. There you have it. Another episode in the books. Thank you. Charles Johnson for joining me this week. I appreciate the time, champ. And make sure you guys go check out Charles Johnson on your own, all right? Energy MMA on the socials. I'm telling you, this guy is a very intriguing fighter, very fun to watch. Make sure you go check out his fight against Carlos Moda for LFA back in January. That fight was an absolute banger. Definitely not going to want to miss that one. So appreciate you guys again for listening. Caged In MMA pod on Twitter, Caged In podcast on Instagram. I do have some Caged In merch on the way. If you guys are interested in something like that, make sure you slide in my DMs and let me know. Um, yeah, appreciate you guys listening. Take it easy. See you guys next time.